The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator this item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Stop the hammering! Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Mr. McDowell. What is it? Sir, I was wondering, did you happen to catch the professional football contest on television last night? No, I didn't. Oh, it was most exhilarating. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. And in the end, the Giants triumphed by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. It was a most ripping victory. Son, I'm just going to tell you this one time. Yes, sir. You want to keep working here. Stay off the drugs. Bob Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. Oh, Bob. Oh, there's breaking news. Right out of the chute. Breaking news. Right before we started the show, this came down. Oh, by the way, look, it's Buzz Burbank. He's sitting right over there. Buzz Burbank News and Comment. Hi, Buzz. Thank you, Bob. Hi, I live for breaking news. What do you have for us? This is uh, this is outstanding news. Uh, th- those of you listening and probably already know, but <laughs> right before we started doing the show... Right, it's new to us. Yeah, word came down that Graham Cassidy is dead. The vote has been pulled. They are not gonna. They are not gonna try to repeal Obamacare for now. He Graham Cassidy, by the way, was my least favorite member of the Eagles. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like a guy's name, Graham Cassidy? Nineteen seventies heartthrob, Graham Cassidy. Right. <laughs> Anyway, he's dead, and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're not terribly surprised after the week that's led up to it, right? Yeah, this is all just such great news, especially uh, coming on the heels of yeah. three of the most horrendous days of politics in an already horrendous year of or two years or three years of politics. Uh, I'm so glad to see this news. And once again, I mean, here we are d- defeating the uh, effort to repeal Obamacare, but then they're going to bring it up again. In fact, what I heard today yeah. Is Buzz? They're going to try to roll a, an Obamacare repeal into tax reform now. Of course, of course they will, because they never give up and never surrender. As, <laughs> as you know, and, and 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 you know, it just it's unbelievable that they keep trying and keep failing, but scary at the same time that they do in fact keep trying. This is not dead, dead. This is uh, Gotham, uh, the TV series, dead. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, the, the Penguin is alive again, uh, yeah. you yeah. know, uh, kind of thing. And you just don't know you, how many times can this happen. And the answer is apparently 
an infinite number. Yeah, yeah. It's it's constantly in a state of, uh, barring another pop culture reference from The Princess Bride, uh, <laughs> it's mostly dead, but that doesn't mean <laughs> it's dead. I'm not dead yet. Nope, nope, not dead, not dead. Maybe dead, not dead. It's hard to tell. Senate Republican leaders decided on Tuesday to not hold a vote on a last-ditch attempt to repeal and replace Obamacare before a critical end-of-the-month deadline. A GOP aide has told the Daily Beast. Uh, Lindsey Graham and Bill Cassidy had been pushing for a vote on their legislation that would block grant federal funds to individual states, but the duo, along with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who is not turtly enough for the Turtle Club, chose not to hold a vote because the bill lacked enough support. They delivered the news to colleagues at a caucus lunch on Tuesday. And the last time this happened where they pulled a vote, that's where I ended up with... uh, with this drop-in. Hello, Bob. That was uh, <laughs> that was Rachel Maddow reading uh, the transcript of the call between Donald Trump and Robert Costa of the Washington Post, where Donald Trump called up Robert Costa and said, oh. Hello, Bob. We're pulling the vote. <laughs> I thought she was actually from that tape, because I hadn't heard it before, that she was referencing you since you uh, won for the headline of the week. <laughs> no. Which I still don't. Do you remember what that headline is? I I do not know i actually do that was god that takes us all the way back to i think it was around august of 2009 uh-huh. and uh it was right after ted kennedy died we were right in the middle of the the initial obamacare fight the entire debate right. over forming the affordable care act and i wrote an article for the huffington post and the headline that i created for that article was any health care bill named after ted kennedy must not suck then that was my that was the headline that Rachel Maddow praises so effusively, rightly, rightly so in the in that segment. So uh, there it is. But nevertheless, uh, we're going to come back to Graham Cassidy here in a minute, and and the uh-huh. entire uh, healthcare uh, battle over this this entire ridiculous Republican process to uh, repeal Obamacare for the sole purpose of just satisfying their their teeny tiny little uh, crazy base. So, but before we get into that. Uh-huh. Buzz, this story was uh, was uh, sent to me via Twitter today. It is a story right. in the New York Times. And wow, <laughs> I'm blown away by this entire thing. The headline is, How Fake News Turned a Small Town Upside Down. And it's about the dissemination of fake news during the campaign, obviously, during the 2016 campaign. And it involves someone with whom I did my first podcast. I did a podcast back, and in fact, around the same period of time that Rachel Maddow said that I, right. had, that I wrote a good headline in the Huffington Post. It was during that healthcare debate in 2009 when I was doing a podcast with a guy named Lee Stranahan. And because it was still early on, podcasting hadn't really caught on yet, and so there were different startups that were capitalizing on podcasting, one of which was called Blog Talk Radio. And it's still around. It's still, I guess it's still doing well. But the way you do a blog talk radio podcast is you can do them live by Uh calling into a number. And everyone who's a host on the show all calls in using their telephone to the same number. And then they broadcast the phone conversation out via the Internet. And you can listen that way. But it's an entire podcast format predicated on the idea of using your telephone to do a show. <laughs> so I did a, uh, I did a show buzz with a guy named Lee Stranahan. It was his idea. And, uh, and I had known Lee through the Huffington Post and through blogging. I think he had done some blogging on, on my blog, on bobseska.com. And then uh, we just developed a kind of a, not a friendship, but an acquaintance. We both agreed on the same things during the uh, 2008 campaign. He had done some funny 
uh, videos, some parody videos online. Right. And right. Uh, and so we did. We started this show, and everything was great for about six months, and then everything turned horribly awry because Lee started coming out against the healthcare legislation that was being proposed. So right. what happened with the show is. Lee and I just would disintegrate into fighting with each other every single show because then he would come mm. up with, I didn't even know if it was true, but he would come up with things like David Axelrod is in the pocket of big insurance and like, like just announcements like that. And then right. I'd be scrambling. What the hell are you talking about, Lee? I have no idea what you're talking I know, about. I know that feeling. And I think maybe some of our listeners know that feeling too. Yeah, exactly. Right. It was like, I was doing a show with a, an emerging troll. And that's what Lee Stranahan basically became. Right. We parted ways doing the show at the end of 2009 and no longer did the show anymore. It was just intolerable to do the show with him anymore. And, mainly, and it was no fun to listen to because it was just the two of us fighting over healthcare for an hour right, and a half. Right. And, uh, and it just so happens that one of the last guests that we had on that show was a guy named Ches Pazienza. Who uh, who I met for the first time on the show with Lee Stranahan, and he talked about his his brain tumor surgery and his battle with rehab and his stories about nine eleven, basically the stuff that you read in, in Chez's uh, memoir, Dead Star Twilight. And so that's right. how I got to know Chez. Uh, but I didn't end up doing a show with Chez until twenty eleven. In the meantime, I started my own show with uh, another guy, uh, which we did for about a year. So that's the long story of my association with Lee Stranahan. It just became this fiasco of a podcast that couldn't be, would would not survive beyond those uh, those fights because they did. So get now, now I have to I have to ask you here because this will come into play later in your okay. story. And thanks, yes. thank you for sharing this article with me. It was uh, brilliantly written, really fascinating. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, were you seeing then uh, the early? morphing of Lee from liberal to conservative in those arguments over health care? Were you starting to see uh, traces of conservatism in his arguments back then, or did that come later? Well, what I was seeing was is a little bit of disruption. I mean, his his penchant, uh, now not to, uh, not to spoil and get too far ahead of ourselves, but right. as, as a Breitbart guy, his specialty, Lee's specialty, is disruption, and that's a right. lot now. Now, but he wasn't now. with Breitbart back then. No, no, no. But right, he was. Right. You could. You because could get. He, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we yeah, got was, hints of it, and what he was doing was he wasn't necessarily airing some conservative views. What he was doing, though, is he was trying. He he started. Well, he didn't start it, but he jumped on board the whole kill the bill thing with regard to Obamacare, and uh -huh. then he also was turning against Obama himself. Uh, when in fact he had vocally supported Barack Obama in the uh, right. 2008 campaign. So, okay, all right, good. So there were hints of dissatisfaction with the Obama administration, and it was about, I, I want to estimate, maybe six months or a year later that mm -hmm. Lee Stranahan ended up bumping into a guy named Andrew Breitbart. Right. And, he, and he interviewed Andrew Breitbart uh, for, his, uh, for Lee Stranahan's own website, did a video interview. I think it lasted like three hours long. It was just this monster interview with Andrew Breitbart. Very illuminating about what makes uh, Andrew Breitbart tick. But they, they ended right. up hitting it off. And Andrew Breitbart ended up hiring Lee Stranahan over at Breitbart.com. And, and according to the way they describe it in this New York Times article, describes uh -huh. Lee as be, having been converted by Andrew yes. Breitbart into conservatism. And I couldn't wait to get to this part, yeah, uh, because you know he, he'd been writing for the Huffington Post. He was uh, working with you. Yeah, uh, he was supporting uh, Obama, 
and and then he goes to work for Breitbart, and and according to this article, uh, Breitbart became his mentor. Yes, and 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 that Breitbart then converted him to conservatism. Yep. How the hell do you convert somebody to conservatism? And conversely, does that mean it's possible to convert them back? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to try with Lee, but I mean, no. I, th- I, I do think it is possible. I do think, uh-huh. though, that this was less a conversion and more of a calculated choice on, on behalf of Lee Stranahan. I never got the sense that he was a, the genuine article, like he actually, like he was a true believer. I never got oh, the sense that he, okay. that he really, really was on board with uh with the left uh because so, i mean he so, yeah. i mean as as it says in the article buzz he they it, he talks about how when he was in high school in fact he talked about it on the show a lot he went to an objectivist high school i didn't even know those existed it's like an ayn rand <laughs> high school and he in fact went to in, in the new york times article it says he went to ayn rand's funeral he attended yes. ayn rand's funeral i have no um, idea if that's true or not but i do know that lee was a libertarian and an objectivist before he was a progressive and this was i think his way of converting back to that by going over to breitbart but deciding uh, let's reconnect with our past here Okay. I'm also, I, I don't have verification of this. I don't know for 100% certain, but I'm fairly sure that when Lee and I were doing our podcast together, Lee and his family were squatting in a mobile home. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know that 100% for certain. I just got the sense that that was happening. And, but, and now he has an office on K Street in D.C. or something like that? Yeah. And you know who he works for now? You know who he does a radio show with? An FM <laughs> drive time radio show. Uh-huh. For a little organization called Sputnik. Sputnik, as you know, is one of three major worldwide Russian propaganda outfits. Yes. So yeah. now Lee is in the pocket of Vladimir Putin. And he did he wanted to do that by choice. It says in this article that Lee joined up with Sputnik because he wanted to do something that will irritate the left. Again, we go back to disruption. We go back into deliberate mm-hmm. trolling. The reason he's at Sputnik is he knew it would be it says here in the article, knowing that it would be controversial. <laughs> there it is. Mm-hmm. So okay, so how this links to uh Trump Russia, how this links to Twin Falls. Uh, yes. Okay, so several weeks ago, I, I wrote an article about a Facebook group called Secured Borders. This is a major news story. If you follow the Rachel Maddow show, you're aware of Secured Borders and the effort by Russian propagandists and Russian trolls to infiltrate activism in the United States and to manufacture protest rallies using right. Facebook groups. Right. And, and one of those groups was a group called Secured Borders with 133,000 followers, by the way, 133,000 followers in support of Donald Trump. It was actually one of uh, uh, hundreds of Russian propaganda fronts on Facebook. And we're learning more and more about Facebook's involvement in yes. all of this as as time goes on. It seems like with every news story about Facebook, we learn just a little bit more about what Facebook was doing. But one of the main things that Secured Border did was uh, organize protest rallies in Twin Falls, Idaho, where this this town had become sort of a hotbed of activity with regard to refugees and Muslims Mm -hmm. and the far right making it out to seem as if Twin Falls is now being taken over. And Lee Stranahan, in fact, wrote about this, that Twin Falls is being taken over by Sharia law and all of this crap, when in fact there are exactly zero Syrian refugees who have been relocated to Twin Falls, Idaho. It just does not exist. So the story grows. 
the reason Lee was sent there, he was dispatched by a uh, a guy at Breitbart. You might recognize him, Buzz. His name was Steve Bannon. St- I've heard of him. <laughs> His name still is <laughs> Steve Bannon, in fact, for now. Uh, and he was dismissed. So Lee was sent to Twin Falls, Idaho, to cover the growing alleged refugee crisis in Twin Falls, right? So Even though now, there were no Syrian refugees. They'd taken in some people from Eastern Europe, but there were no Syrian yeah, refugees. For, right. Yeah. Like, I think what the article mentioned, some refugees from uh, Yugoslavia. And that was the, basically the extent of it. But no no Syrians. And that was, of course, the issue at the time. So This rumor had gotten started in town, apparently, yeah. that uh, Syrians were moving in. Since the town had taken in refugees before, the presumption was, or maybe the announcement was, that uh, Syrian refugees would be coming there, but none had arrived. And then came this story that yes. you're about to relate that, that allegedly involved uh, two little brown boys. Yes, yes. Okay, so the entire thing gets blown up. As the story breaks of an alleged child rape involving, mm-hmm. in fact, just three young children between the ages of six and ten, if I recall correctly. Right. These true. kids, two boys and a girl, all around the same age, young, young children, went down to the laundry room of their apartment complex. And from what I can tell by the straight up reporting based on that thing, it was more or less. We're going to use our camera phone. We're going to do a. Uh, we're going to take video of the uh, "you show me yours, I'll show you mine" game. Something to right. that. Something to that effect. I mean, that was basically the takeaway. Of course, because two of these children were brown children, this entire thing got blown up by people like Lee Stranahan into ISIS is raping children in the United States, and we have to do something about it right damn now. Yeah, and that right. means electing I- Donald Trump. Right, a horrific gang rape, which is yeah. obviously a hot-button phrase for parents in that small town. Yep. And uh, they were suddenly very afraid, which was the whole point of this. And, you know, as we as we get farther into this, before I forget, there are connections between the Russians and Breitbart and yeah. and between Sputnik and Breitbart that, that your, your ex-friend Lee has made abundantly clear. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, this is part of a bigger thing. But it started with a rumor in town. Uh, that the, the the Muslims were coming, the Muslims yes. are coming, yes. and uh, Lee and Breitbart picked up on that and exploited it. Exactly, exactly. So so Lee's assignment was to expose the quote-unquote Muslim takeover of Twin Falls, and that also <laughs> included, all right, this also included the uh, Greek yogurt company Chobani. And so Lee believed that Chobani, this Greek yogurt company, was at uh. the center of this entire scam, because the CEO of Chubani said that he's well, he's open to hiring refugee employees at his yogurt factory at his the Greek nerve yogurt of him. The, the nerve, nerve of him. <laughs> right, right. So that brings us back to Secured Borders, which mm-hmm. is this Russian propaganda front group on Facebook that organized a, a protest rally in Twin Falls, Idaho, uh, mm-hmm. against Chobani. And it just it was so enlightening to read this article and to see how all of these elements converged. I mean, we've also got Drudge mentioned in this thing. We've yeah, got it was a front page news on Drudge, this story that wasn't true. Right. So we've got, as I mentioned, we've got Sputnik, we've got Breitbart, there's Lee Stranahan in there, there's Russian propagandists. This is Twin Falls is basically seems to me as if that was like a, a test bed 
for an expanded version of what we saw in 2016, that they use that as really a kind of a ground zero as a microcosm for a larger propaganda effort that we could see or that actually did to a large extent unfold elsewhere in the United States. But what we're hearing more and more about is that all of these these attempts at at propaganda and and, and infiltrating uh, social media was really in its infancy last year. Whereas, Maybe it was. Yeah. Maybe it was an experiment, and, and if it was, it succeeded beautifully, at least as far as its perpetrators were concerned. Exactly. And now they're going to hatch all of this into a much broader effort starting next year. It may even be underway now. I mean, we don't know, and that's just the problem with all of this. But again, this was... This is a, just a little uh, experimental attempt at, at what I think is going to be a larger thing. And, and the problem with, uh, with Russia now influencing protest rallies, I can really see this evolving into Russia influencing legislation through activism, oh, sure. through protest rallies, generating popular support linked up to fake news outfits like uh, Sputnik, certainly Breitbart with its propaganda efforts in support of Donald Trump, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it doesn't take a lot of hops for a bunch of Russian propaganda Facebook groups or social media groups to say, ah, you know what, we've got, here's a great issue. Let's make sure gay people can't use public bathrooms too. And yeah. so, and then some, they of just, the, some of those some of those fights, Russians don't have a dog in. Some of yeah. those fights, and and I hate that expression, so I apologize right now for using it. Uh, <laughs> why, do do do- why do you hate Isn't, dogs, Buzz? Why do I hate dogs? Why do we hate America? I don't know. Uh, no, I you know the. And now I forgot what I was going to say because I'm so embarrassed about saying that that phrase. You, yeah, you don't. Russia have a, doesn't care yeah. about the specific policies that we do what russia wants overall is a disruption of the political process and to exploit the political divisions that already existed in this country and they did it beautifully in uh in twin falls idaho uh and and it worked and they and they went on and did it some more i i don't know how much they care about specific policy they have succeeded on some specific policies namely the decimation of the u.s state department that's something putin has wanted for a very long time and he found the guy who would make that happen for him yeah and you know what this is uh the the entire idea that i'm kind of putting out there the idea of influencing legislation that's all part of it i mean that's exactly right it's all part of the disruption of uh, american democracy being able to easily meddle in our affairs here politically and socially and every other way is part of the russian plan so uh so by inventing these ways to create activism around, I mean, it could be real issues. It could be nonsense issues that suddenly erupt as a national thing, sort of like taking the knee during the national anthem, things like that, that start out as sort of semi-second tier issues and then erupt into a big deal, uh, maybe eventually forcing some kind of legislation. Um, that's, that's a major, major infiltration of American politics beyond what we saw last year. And that's why that's one of the reasons I'm so concerned about the Russian efforts to infiltrate social right. media and to, to to meddle in activism, to actually put together protest rallies, because right, it doesn't, right. d- doesn't take much effort, doesn't take many hops well, to go from a protest rally again to some sort of legislation, even at the state level, to start generating uh, ideas for state politicians to legislate based on popular support because they see these protest rallies emerging uh, on, on the far right. 
even the Russians know that all politics is local and uh, have made obvious their focus on uh, local politics. Again, though, I don't think they care what policy we establish, yeah, uh, no. whether it's about the flag or something else. They care mostly about the disruption. I would ask yep. you this, because I, I didn't read every word of that very long article about Twin Falls, <laughs> Idaho, so I don't know. Did the attempts at organizing rallies there succeed? Because I have heard that uh, uh, rallies that were organized online by uh, groups uh, such as the one you mentioned uh, what is it? Borders, secured borders, yeah. Secured borders. Uh, protests organized by groups such as that, as I understand it, did not generate much, if any, turnout in most cases. I don't know how it went in Twin Falls. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The secured borders rally in Twin Falls was not widely attended. I, I don't know if right. there were. I don't know how many people actually were there, but uh, the reports and- say that there, it wasn't. And it's important to point out that, uh, at least according to the article, uh, these reporters' assessments of the people of Twin Falls, uh, most did not go along with this zany conspiracy theory about uh, the Syrians and the rape that never occurred and all of that. Yeah. Uh, Only a few, again, about one-third, about roughly the same percentage who voted for Trump. Uh, You know, those those are the folks who, who bit the bait. You know, those were the angry folks who heard what they wanted to hear yeah. in that fake news. And and that, of course, increases the divide, and that's what the Russians wanted, and they succeeded. And I'm not as confident as I was last week uh, when I was uh, brave enough to be shirtless for the show. Uh, this week, this week I'm wearing a, a sensible shirt and a light jacket because I'm not feeling that secure this week. I know. It's, I, I love how your clothing choices reflect your politics of the day, right? And my mood and, and my level of confidence, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, so, yeah, exactly. I, I don't know that the uh, the legislation or whatever whatever issue they glom onto really even matters. It's just a matter of being able to do it. And what they were able to do, and even though uh, there wasn't so much uh, outcry in Twin Falls itself, it doesn't matter because it became a rallying cry all around around the pro-Trump internet that was focusing on the idea of, of, of getting rid of ISIS and extreme vetting and, and Muslim bans mm-hmm. and things like that. So it really fed that entire narrative that Donald Trump was creating, and I think that was the entire point of, uh, mm-hmm. of why it was going on, why Steve Bannon was interested, why Lee was actually living there in Twin Falls for quite a period of time before he uh, moved to an office, uh, strangely, across the street from the White House, in Washington, D.C., where he's now working for Sputnik, for God's sake. So so that's that story. I urge you to, to go and check it out yourself. It's called uh, How Fake News Turned a Small Town Upside Down. It's really an illuminating read. and it, of Fascinating. Course, <laughs> Very well-researched and brilliantly yeah. written. It really, really is a, a good read. <clears throat> And it involves Lee Stranahan, and so therefore, yeah, so you'll know it's you'll going know. to be. Uh, you see how that guy ticks. So anyway, so <laughs> I want to talk about. Uh, I want to make sure we get to the email story here in a second. But let's while we're talking about Trump Russia, it's important to talk about these uh, uh, latest reports coming from twenty one different states and mm-hmm. Donald Trump's own Department of Homeland Security, uh, which announced that twenty one states. Had uh, uh, their voting infrastructure had been infiltrated by Russian hackers uh, mm. on or before Election Day 2016. Now, uh, <laughs> this is bizarre given that that announcement from DHS and all of these 21 states individually came on the same day in which Donald Trump tweeted that the Russian attack was a hoax. 
the right. the president contradicting his own Department of Homeland Security. Uh, yeah, I mean he'll story. he'll he'll deny that until uh, the day of his passing. Yeah, uh, and and you know it doesn't matter. Again, reality isn't a factor for him. It's it's what's in his head, and that's what's in his head. It's what's going to stay there, and there's really nothing we can do to change that. Yep. Uh, fortunately, we can inform each other about what's going on. Yeah, they waited uh, t- 10 months after the election, but Homeland Security finally informed. Some of these states, Bob, didn't even know they were on that list. They didn't know. Some of them didn't know they'd been attacked. Some of them yep. hadn't bothered to look, granted. And it's interesting to note, that the Russians hit states like Illinois and Texas and mm-hmm. California. They hit the key, all the key states. I didn't see Michigan on, on the list, although it may be because not every state has fessed up to being on that list. Uh, but well, the states that didn't make the list include, oh, Kansas, Louisiana. <laughs> so, you know, these, yeah. these unfortunate states who have little or no say in any presidential election. Um, the Russians knew that and didn't bother to in, invade them. Yeah. And it just goes to how well targeted, and it, it's that's the broad picture. Uh, when you get down to counties and districts, uh, you see that the targeting uh, by Russians were was even more specific than that. But there's a lot of finesse, a lot of expertise that went into the targeting of this of this fake news and the targeting of states for hacking their voter registration software yeah yeah exactly right and and some of the states here included of course ohio uh wisconsin virginia pennsylvania these are states states that became swing states i mean we didn't really look at wisconsin and uh and as and pennsylvania necessarily as swing states but but there they are and then you loop Mm -hmm. all of this information in with uh voter id voter suppression fake news propaganda online etc 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 and and the the results of the election start to become more and more clear but the other thing is we we really shouldn't overlook the fact that every time we hear about Hackers, Russian hackers specifically, getting into election infrastructures, we get closer and closer to the idea of Russian hackers changing the vote. And you know what? Ultimately, and and we've talked about this on the show before, Mm. but it bears repeating that they didn't actually need to change vote totals, Buzz. All they really needed to do, which is what they did, which is to change minds before voters walked into the voting booth. Right. And not very many minds. They just had to change a few minds in key districts, in close races. Uh, And and I believe they succeeded from all appearances they did. Uh, Some of these uh, districts were leaning Hillary but it was close, and those districts were then targeted by fake news stories that didn't necessarily attack candidates, but divided people further and made them take one side or the other. Yep. And and in so doing, yeah, you've got it exactly right. They didn't change votes, but they did uh, endeavor, and I believe succeeded, in changing just enough minds yep. uh, to, to make the difference. And if you look at the numbers, uh, the number of people who were targeted uh, the number of people in that district and how the vote went, you can see that that is the difference uh, that was made there by the Russians. Mm. It just uh, unbelievable how sophisticated this targeting was. And uh, although we've often thought that they got help, uh, inside help from here in the United States, and they may have, the investigation's not mm-hmm. over on that yet. But we're also seeing indications that the Russians have gotten very good at this. Yeah. Certainly they, they have done it in other countries, and they've figured out our system as well. 
Uh, they know exactly what buttons to push, what stories to cite. I saw information that Russians on Facebook had run ads in support of Black Lives Matter and against Black Lives Matter <laughs> to try to stoke Jesus. that fire. And by the way, you wow. mentioned in passing uh, the, the whole thing about uh, the national anthem and taking a knee and all that. I I haven't been on social media as much this week. I didn't see you post anything about it. I haven't posted anything about it. And here's why. Because it's to me, it's another distraction yeah. from the issues of the day. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's an important discussion to have when we're not busy doing this other stuff yeah yeah but this is no no time to bring to bring that in i have my views on the subject uh but i don't care to discuss them right now because <laughs> we have bigger fish to fry <laughs> exactly. Healthcare, healthcare was puerto rico's going under yeah. uh health was was on the chopping block again uh and north korea you know war this is war this isn't war it sounds like a bugs bunny cartoon <laughs> uh you know i <laughs> we have bigger fish to fry yeah. and and, uh, you know, to, to to break down and to divide ourselves further again by having this stupid, stupid argument mm -hmm. uh, over the anthem and all, and the flag and all yeah. that. Uh, and, and, you know, Trump's right there stoking the fire on this whole thing. It's it, it very irritating and disheartening to me. And one of the reasons I'm, again, less confident this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's just, a, he's appealing to his racist base. That's all he's doing. He's just pandering to right. those people. To well, and that's people. what the Muslim ban does. Yep. It now includes Venezuelans and North Koreans. And that's what the wall does, which is never going to get built. <laughs> but he just keeps stoking these fires. Uh, yep. And it's all it's all race. Every bit of it now. It's, it's just, now it looks like it's all about race. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? I, uh, going back to the, uh, to the uh, interference with the election, Russian interference in the election and these uh, these right. 21 states that may have been right. infiltrated. I mentioned right. Wisconsin. There's mm -hmm. more news from Wisconsin regarding the vote and how. And this information can could have possibly, if it had gone the other way, could have possibly changed the outcome of at least Wisconsin, if not the other states. And we're going to get to that wow. in, in just a second. But before we do, we have a brand new sponsor on the show. Oh, good. Brand new sponsor. It's called Filter Easy Buzz. You know, <laughs> you're intimately aware of the fact that uh, that sometimes things slip my mind and I end up <laughs> missing uh, deadlines or phone calls because, well, but most of the time it's because I'm really, really busy and I forget to write them down or forget to set my alarm or something like that. Sometimes I'm, it's something else, but you know, it happens. <laughs> right. It's uh, But it happens occasionally where I'm supposed to, in fact, there was a, there was a phone call that I was supposed to have with the Filter Easy people. <laughs> and I just sailed right on past it. I just went right on by the meeting. Like, oh, God. It was 15 minutes after the meeting was supposed to take place. And I went, ah, shit. You know what? Damn it. I missed the uh, filter easy meeting. <laughs> but And see, this happens to me. And, of course, it happens with things around the house, things I need to take care of on a regular basis. Right. I forget to do things. And one of the things we all forget to do, I think, is to change out our air filter in our home heating and cooling system. And there was one time, I mean, when I was a homeowner, that was especially a, pro a problem because I didn't have uh, any sort of apartment maintenance to tell me when right. I should be doing these things. So, right. I and, the, and by the way, even if you do live in an apartment, it's something you should remember to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, but when I was a homeowner, I would go down after, I don't know, way too long and go check the uh, the air filter and the HVAC system. And it would, I just pull it out and it was like a monkey. Like I'm pulling out this fuzzy <laughs> monkey out of the uh, out of the slot, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, and so uh, I, I finally had to, to, to figure out some way 
to uh, keep myself organized. And wouldn't you know it, b- before long, here comes Filter Easy. What they do, I mean, the main thing they do is they send you quality air filters on a regular basis so you don't forget to change out your air filter. If it's been more than three months, if you're spending up to 15% more to heat or cool your home than you would if you change that filter regularly, you're also un- you're un- also unnecessarily breathing in dust and allergens and aggravating the asthma and allergy <laughs> symptoms of yourself <laughs> and those you love. I was surprised to learn that the level of indoor pollutants is actually two to five times higher than it is outdoors. So if you're I like, did not know that. Unbelievable. So if you're like me and you forget to change the filter as often as you should, then you have to remember to buy a new one and remember what size you use and all that. And if you buy more than one, you have to uh, store the extras somewhere and remember to use them. Or you could just go to filtereasy.com where they will send you the right size filter at the right price right to your door right when it's time for a new one. No remembering and no storing while saving your budget and your lungs and sinuses. So get started today. FilterEasy.com is offering all my listeners their first delivery of a standard one-inch air filter for free and with free shipping. Never forget to change your air filter again and visit FilterEasy.com slash B-O-B-C or enter the promo code B-O-B-C on their homepage. Again, that's FilterEasy.com slash B-O-B-C. Breathe easy in more ways than one with FilterEasy.com. Again, that's FilterEasy.com slash B-O-B-C. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, welcome back to our Tuesday show. Buzz Burbank is here from Buzz Burbank News and Comment. You can listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or at BuzzBurbank.com. Thank you. Uh, Okay, so we're talking about uh, the 2016 election and how the votes may have gone all kinds of different ways because of Russian interference and... In the process of talking about Russia, we often overlook the the other uh, uh, circumstances regarding skewed election results, and that includes gerrymandering, of course, uh, voter suppression, voter purges, uh, and of course a lot of the voter suppression comes in the form of voter ID laws, which are completely unnecessary. They're laws created for a problem that simply does not exist. There is, statistically speaking, there is no in-person voter fraud in the United States. I always go sure. back. I always go back to the stat buzz that the uh, the George W. Bush Department of Justice did a five year study on in person voter fraud, and they came up with a rate of in person voter fraud of zero point zero 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 one three percent. That's too much. It must be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it is statistically non existent. For God's sake. And then we learn this today in an article in the New York Times, of course, that 17,000 voters, 17,000 voters were prevented from casting ballots in Wisconsin in the 2016 election due to voter ID. Right. Donald Trump won Wisconsin by 22,000 votes. 17,000. Voters were prevented from casting ballots in that state. Trump won Wisconsin by 22,000. So you take that into consideration. And let's say, for example, you know what? We could even be really conservative about it and say that half of the 17,000 would have voted for Hillary. Half would have voted for Trump. Obviously, it's a much greater percentage of people who probably would have voted for Hillary Clinton because 
these voter ID laws invariably target Democratic voters. They uh, target uh, minority voters. They target older people. They certainly target younger people. They target people who would otherwise have a difficult time finding their way to a... uh, a DMV or to a voter registration office in order to get an in-person voter ID. And some states even have crazy laws where in order to get a voter ID, you need to have uh, two forms of photo identification going in in the first place. So you need to, if you don't have either of those forms of identification, you need to get one of those forms of identification. Then you need to go to the voter registration office and then get your voter ID. And, and some states uh, and many states uh, that have these kinds of laws, uh, student IDs are not accepted. Certainly in Texas, if you are an employee of the state of Texas and you have a state of Texas employee photo ID card, you may not use that to vote. Right. Uh, it, it's just unbelievable. And and it is important to, the, to underscore the multi-layeredness of this. You you already have to a degree by, by talking about uh, both the gerrymandering, which is a factor, and voter suppression uh, through uh, needless voter ID laws is also a factor. And uh, in addition to that, of course, the Russian interference. If the Russians had succeeded, and and if they did at any point succeed in getting into voter registration rolls that we do not mm-hmm. yet know about, uh, all they have to do is change one digit yeah. or one letter in registrations to force a person to be turned away at the polls because their voter registration information does not match up. Yeah. And and so it would be very, very easy. Just one digit, one character in in the multiple registrations uh, would also make a huge difference. So uh, between the Republicans and the Russians, uh, I'm surprised the vote was as close as it was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My God. And every time I see these numbers, every time I see the numbers uh, of Jill Stein voters who... Uh, who cast ballots in uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, when I see numbers like uh, Bernie Sanders voters who switched over and voted for Donald Trump. You switch all of these things, or you you can take half and half, and you can take little pockets of of votes from each category, and suddenly Donald Trump doesn't win the election. And and, and there it is. That's the entire ballgame right there. And then you combine that with the, the, uh, the propaganda efforts, the fake news, uh, the, the fake news going back to the Democratic primaries, where uh, where Bernie Sanders voters were dissuaded from uh, supporting Hillary Clinton in the general election because of propaganda that they were fed during the primary campaign. So all these things combine. And then, the, I mean, in the process of talking about Trump Russia, we also we do lose the issue of voter ID, which is so pernicious right now, where there are voter ID laws being passed all the time. Some are being struck down, which is positive, but Mm -hmm. most of the time they're just advancing forward based on a nonsense uh, threat that doesn't exist. And we no longer longer have an administration that will challenge those laws. We have an administration that encourages them. Well, here's here's an example of the voter ID law in Texas. Let's look at Texas here for a second. In order to vote... Citizens of Texas have to present a photo ID or else they won't be able to vote. The idea, the ID has to be one of the following. Here's a here's the list of uh, IDs that they can use. A Texas driver's license, unexpired or expired less than 60 days. Texas identification card, unexpired or expired less than 60 days. Texas concealed handgun license, uh, U.S. passport, U.S. military identification with photo, U.S. citizenship certificate with photo. And if you don't have one of those forms of identification, you have to apply for what's called an election identification certificate or an EIC. 
But in order to acquire an EIC, you have to present your proof of citizenship and a second form of identification. So in other words, <laughs> you'll need to get an ID in order to get an ID. Right. <laughs> That's how it works right. in Texas. One of the many reasons why this law is so completely ridiculous. And all of this oh, on top a of form. In in some cases, there's a form you have to fill out that uh, no one knows what the form is or where you can find it. Oh, sure, I have one in my desk drawer. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not like that. You know, it's it, they've made it extremely, extremely difficult. Uh, you know, it, I'm surprised that they haven't made uh, uh, abortion clinics uh, uh, into polling places because uh, <laughs> then you could just close them and uh, that would take care of the problem. <laughs> right, exactly. But I mean, the, the absurdity of saying, well, you know, in order to get one of these election identification certificates, you need to have a form of ID. Well, if you had a form of ID, you wouldn't be going for the EIC in the first place because you have an ID and that would allow you to vote. Right. See, the right. whole idea right. is to just confuse the hell right. out of people right. who, quite frankly, a lot of people, just generally speaking, can give or take voting anyway. Like, And, and anything that makes it just a scotch more difficult to vote is enough to say, hey, you know what? Fuck it. I, I don't have no interest in bothering with all of this because this identification process in every state that has voter ID happens on top of the normal voter registration process. So there's the complicated voter registration process that you have to go through in order to be able to vote. And then right. you have to go through hell's half acre in order to get a voter ID. And there are some people who would normally vote who don't have access to transportation, some people who work right. two jobs and they don't have time to spend half a day at the DMV to get their renewed driver's license or whatever. This is, this is just all different ways, again, that uh, the Republicans are trying to stack the deck. They see the oncoming browning of America and they're doing whatever they can do in order to prevent as many brown people from voting again. And that's where... This loops in immigration. This loops in the wall, Donald Trump's yeah. stupid invisible wall because of apparently now we're talking about invisible walls, Buzz. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's Jesus been a Christ. that's been a thing. That's been a thing for a while now. You know, the thing of it is, Bob, the Republicans are fighting a battle here that they cannot win. And yeah. that is both funny and sad. Right. Uh, one of my favorite lines from an obscure movie. Uh, with Elliot Gould called Getting Straight, a college professor says, I believe, to the dean, will you let go, let go, stop trying to hold back the hands of the clock, it'll yeah. tear your arms out. <laughs> That's what's going to happen yeah. to the Republicans who are trying to turn back the clock to 1953. It isn't going to work. In the long run, it cannot work. The world doesn't go backwards. It goes forward, and they're fighting a losing battle. And, you know, and talking about the voter suppression and the gerrymandering and the interference. And and that's just half the story. The other half of the story is the half of America that didn't vote. Yep. And I, and I find myself pondering at this moment, and maybe you'd like to address this, of the people of the 50% of America, roughly, that didn't vote in the last presidential election, how many of them would have supported uh, Hillary and how many of them would have supported Trump? Who stayed away more uh, Hillary supporters or Trump supporters? Everybody, almost everybody has an opinion whether yeah. they voted or not. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Statistically, I don't know for sure, but I think the obvious answer is that more Hillary right. voters 
stayed away uh, rather than try. I think Trump voters were much more activated, uh, whether it's by artificial means, <coughs> Russia, yeah. and or yeah. whether they were just they were into the whole idea of making America great again. And some cranky old coot mm. who's suddenly now, you know, motivating them based on race and their personal grievances. So I, I think in that regard, it's probably safe bet to say that uh, Hillary voters were less motivated. But at the same time, you had quite a few uh, Democratic voters who ended up not voting for Hillary, even though they did go to the polls. And that's people who decided to vote for Jill Stein. Uh, Bernie Sanders, we just heard Johnson. this. We, we just heard this story a couple of weeks ago. Bernie Sanders voters in large numbers. I mean, numbers that actually made a difference in some of these states turned out and voted for Donald Trump as a protest vote. And uh, boy, God, <laughs> you know, all these things come on. And that's and that's where we get that's where we get Donald well, Trump. That's where we get. You know, it was it it was it was her emails, Bob. It, it was, was all her, about the it was, it was, it was the emails. emails, and you know, and even Sanders supporters went down saying, uh, "Well, you know, the emails just just that that cinched it for me. I never trusted Hillary, yeah. and uh, this this email thing cinched it. And of course, the email thing turned out to be nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so yeah, we we the. But again, and I and I'm I'm setting you up here because it was all about Hillary's emails. Yeah. It really was. It was you know what? It was more than that. It was about her because what we found out is it had nothing to do right. with the emails because now we're learning that now what is it, six six yes. members of the Trump administration are using private email for official business, and that includes Ivanka Trump. That right. includes Jared Kushner. That includes Steve Bannon, Stephen Miller, Reince Priebus, Gary Cohn, for God's sake, who's uh, an economic advisor. Uh, it's yeah, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you have Spicer's notes, uh, you know, that uh, Spicy apparently had the same pension that uh, that James Comey had. Yeah. Uh, at the FBI, they both were prolific note takers, and uh, and Spicer wrote down a lot of stuff, and now and now that's being and you know past administrations knew better than to to write that stuff down. And now, yes, you have the Trump administration uh, taking the same risks with emails uh, that they condemned Hillary for, but their stated public uh, argument against Hillary was it's her emails and, yeah. and, and getting crowds to shout lock her up. And yes, as you pointed out by hitting that softball beautifully uh now the, the the tables have been turned and and now they're the ones who uh who got sloppy with emails and so maybe it's time for us to start chatting lock him up yeah and we're also getting this uh this ancillary story that's that's linked to the Jared Kushner private email story uh you know Jared Kushner's a lawyer in the Trump Russia investigation is named Abby Lowell uh-huh. And Abby Lowell started receiving some emails from someone uh, who she thought I think it's I think Abby Lowell's a she. <laughs> I'm actually sure now I'm I'm unclear as to whether yeah, or not right? this lawyer began to get emails from someone who he she thought was Jared Kushner uh, from an email address kushner.jared at mail dot com. Asking what he should do with, quote, some correspondence in my private email featuring adult content. So Abby Lowell thinks that she's getting an email from Jared Kushner asking about some of the emails that he has in his email inbox Mm -hmm. featuring adult content. Mm -hmm. The the emailer who she thought was uh, Jared Kushner asks, can I remove these? And then Lowell responded, forwarded or received from White House officials, question mark. 
And then the response came back from who she thought was Jared Kushner. I think one was forwarded from a White House official. We had discussed a shared interest of sorts. <laughs> it was unsolicited. Oh, then there are a handful more, but not from officials. And then Lowell responds, I need to see, I think, all emails between you and WH, White House, just for me and us. We need to send any officials' emails to your White House account, not stuff like you asked about. None of those are going anywhere. And by those, he, she is referring to the adult content. Right. But we can bury it, the alleged Jared Kushner responded. I'm so embarrassed. It's fairly specialist stuff. Half naked women on a trampoline standing on Lego scenes. I don't know even know what is that? What is a do you know what a Lego scene is? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a, a I guess a, a, a landscape, a building scape that you create uh, with Legos with Legos. Oh, my God. Yeah. OK. And so this is the thing. Is this like uh, gigantresses? Is that the, like that fetish porn <laughs> it, with the giant might, women it, crushing it, buildings? Now, that, now <laughs> you know what? Now that you mention it, it might be. <laughs> The tag for the movie, and this continues with the email to uh, the lawyer. The tag for the movie was hashtag standing on the little people, frowny face. Uh, and uh, so I guess it was a gigant. What are they? What are they called? Gigantresses? Like, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess so. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I don't know. That was not one of mine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I, I'm fairly certain though that there is a porn fetish where they show yeah. gigant like. Like women naked walking around in a small model city and then crushing the uh -huh. buildings, and this is evidently uh, it's it's, a turn it's on. not my it's not my kink, but I respect it. <laughs> right. So then Lowell replied, "Don't delete. Don't send to anyone. Let's chat in a bit." Lowell declined uh -huh. to comment on the record uh, when asked about the exchange. Oh, it's a he. Abby Lowell's a he. He said in a okay, previous statement that, that okay, yeah, it totally makes sense. Uh, so it turns out that this person masquerading as Jared Kushner is an internet prankster named yes. uh, uh, the Twitter handle is Sinon underscore reborn. And this was an this was a prank. This is a prankster. And this he, is he's he's pranked them before the White House. He's pranked the White House before. He's got this is not the first time he's gotten in. Yeah, it was. Uh, who, who did he also prank? He pranked Ty Cobb. Mm -hmm. I think he pranked <laughs> Ty Cobb. Uh, it says here the White House special counsel Ty Cobb disclosed information about the FBI's Russian inves investigation to the prankster earlier this month, thinking he was the White House social media director Dan Scavino. Yes, that's the case I remember, yes. Yeah, so fascinating story about how uh, Trump administration officials, people linked to the Trump administration, are getting routinely duped by mm -hmm. pranksters, which uh, which really, to me, leads back to the idea of compromat, the idea that a lot of these guys, I think, uh, Jared Kushner certainly, certainly Paul Manafort, certainly uh, Mike Flynn, certainly Donald Trump himself, Donald Trump Jr., are all in the bag by making <laughs> stupid mistakes with Russians and, and right. having compromat uh, gathered. So I worry, I worry that they're getting smarter. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, you can never... You can't cure stupid, I believe is how the, the saying goes. But in the case of the new Muslim ban, for example, yeah. uh, it's going to be a lot harder to challenge this one in court as it was the other ones. 
uh, because this one was, despite the fact that it's still mostly Muslims, uh, this one was very well crafted, very carefully researched uh, to, to find out the security information for each and every country with custom rules for each and every country. Uh, it's going to be much harder to argue in court that this is a Muslim ban even though we all still know that it still is. Yep. Uh, but it, you know, it, and so in some ways I see the administration getting smarter, the individuals in it, not so much <laughs> and never will be. Uh, and, and you, we still see regularly cases of those individuals, Trump, uh, doing the opposite of what they've been advised. Yep. Uh, Jared, uh, to name another. Well, while we're uh, talking about stupid administration things, we probably should, uh, mentioned Donald Trump's remarks about Puerto Rico today. Uh, Donald Trump decided that, uh, well, we're going to help Puerto Rico. And, and in fact, uh, we're going to get an A plus. Oh, nice. We're going to get an A plus on our assistance to Puerto Rico. Even sure. though, even though, Buzz, por- did you know Puerto Rico is an island and it's in the middle of an ocean uh-huh. and that ocean is really, really big. <laughs> this is this is what Donald Trump said publicly today. Here's a uh, here's. Your president, ladies and gentlemen. We've got A pluses on Texas and on Florida, and uh, we will also on Puerto Rico. But the difference is this is an island sitting in the middle of an ocean, and it's a big ocean. It's a very big ocean. And uh, uh, we're we're doing a really good job. There it is. Uh, He's such a dope. He's such a child. (laughs) And and I guess guess it looks even bigger (laughs) with those hands. I don't know. I I don't know. Oh, Magoo. It's a big ocean. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. Yes, indeed. I'll never get. I'll never get used to that. Uh, yeah. The other thing is, and I, you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the football thing over the weekend, uh, and and it does. It is an important discussion. Well, I mean. It, I, you know, and and it just it it sickens me because whether we're talking about the election and the the political division that the Russians were exploiting, or we're talking about this, uh, it's it's race and and it's people on uh, the unfriendly side who are never going to yeah. change, and that just sickens and depresses me. Well, the the thing with the entire football rant by Donald Trump that started Friday night in Alabama and extended all throughout and continues today, in fact is that it's a uh, gigantic distraction from the fact. And, and I've been hesitant to say, to, to kind of pinpoint Donald Trump things and say that's a distraction from the other thing and kind of try to work my way into those weeds. <laughs> I, I try to avoid right. that. But I really do believe that the entire football thing uh, had to do with pandering to his base and are also yes. d- distracting from uh, the Russia stories that occurred uh, late mm-hmm. last week with Paul Manafort, yep. certainly, and also the fact that Donald Trump is just Donald Trump is actually facing down his version of Katrina. This is I think Puerto Rico is turning into Donald Trump's Katrina and, and he doesn't know it yet. Yeah. And so but in response to an emerging uh, level of outrage about his mm-hmm. lack of response to Puerto Rico, where, the, where they certain, because they are an Island, as he said, they have special requirements in terms of uh, there's very limited housing. There's very limited sources for electricity. The infrastructure is not as resilient as it is on the mainland in say Florida or Texas on Puerto Rico. They're very, rest- I mean, I, I lived on an Island for, uh, for right. five years and, and it is something that 
things are more expensive, things are more difficult to do, things are more difficult to purchase, things are more difficult to It's an to island have. In, the, in the middle of a big ocean, Bob. It, very it, big, very big ocean. It's, it's a gigantic, <laughs> it's the most tremendous ocean you've ever seen. And uh, so, so he finally did mention Puerto Rico late last night, and it was... The most horrendous thing, and, and again, I always say this, this is the most horrendous thing I've ever seen Donald Trump say. Blah, 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 blah. It's, it's always that way because he's always, he's always one-upping himself. He's always doing something that's even more horrendous than the last thing. We're going to talk about that right after one last break. Oh. Uh, back, back with more show after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, uh, don't forget to use the BobSeska.com Amazon link if you're going shopping. Just go to BobSeska.com and click the all-caps Amazon link just beneath the logo. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the show and doing all of that. Uh, okay, so here's what Donald Trump tweeted last night about Puerto Rico buzz. Good Lord, uh, this is just breathtaking. Texas and Florida, <laughs> Texas and Florida are doing great, but Puerto Rico, which was already suffering from broken infrastructure and massive debt, is in deep trouble. Its old electrical grid, which was in terrible shape, was devastated. Much of the island was destroyed with billions of dollars owed to Wall Street and the banks, which sadly must be dealt with. Food, water, and medical are top priorities and doing well. <laughs> well, first of all, he wants you to know, Bob, he wants you to know how much he knows. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and secondly, there's obviously an underlying desire there to to smear Puerto Rico in the course of, of talking about helping them. Yeah, and, you know, people have been hypothesizing about this, and I don't know if it's true or not, but it seems like it could be the fact that maybe Donald Trump didn't know until recently that Puerto Rico was actually U.S. territory, that the people who live there... I totally there... believe that. And it's something I wanted to say. We cannot repeat often enough, yeah. even if you know it in your head. We forget. We don't think of it this way. These are three and a half million Americans who have nothing now. Yep. And and the other problem that we need to mention is a problem for both Puerto Rico and the United States. Thousands, as flights become available, and they are still scarce, but the flow has already begun of refugees 
from our own Puerto Rico into the mainland United States, yeah. uh, moving to the places with which they uh, in which they have the most family, mm -hmm. like New York and Miami. Uh, you're you're going to see a huge influx of thousands, maybe tens of thousands of Puerto Ricans into this country that we're going to have to care for them there or here, here for now, as, like I said, thousands of them had here. This is a logistical problem for both the United States and for Puerto Rico in its efforts to rebuild. Uh, this is a, a, a horrible, horrible disaster. And uh, Americans forget, and I'm not sure Trump ever knew, that Puerto Rico was very much a part of the United States. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, there are some people who I ran into who didn't realize that Hawaii was part of the United States. That's Even insane. That's yeah. insane. I just unbelievable. It's one of those things like when people don't know who the vice president is or something, you just can't believe that people are that <laughs> uninformed or stupid. Yeah, people used to write to me, hey, Bob, when are you moving back to the States? And uh, the, <laughs> Hawaii is a state, God damn it. Yeah, I think they meant mainland, but don't know that word. Yeah. So, you know, that could be it. <laughs> that may be it. But, I mean, it seems like to me in these tweets about Puerto Rico, there's a series of three tweets, and that's the extent of Donald Trump's mention of Puerto Rico on Twitter for the last three days while he was demonizing the NFL, for God's sake. It seems <laughs> like uh, he's blackmailing Puerto Rico. He's saying, you know what? You have to pay your debts to Wall Street and the banks first, and then maybe we'll think about helping you. Then maybe we'll think about sending logistical support and so forth. I mean, there are many things that he could be doing, for God's sake. Nice island you got there. Too bad something happened to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things he could do is he could actually deploy naval vessels to Puerto Rico where yes, cables can yes. be linked up to actually manufacture electricity, where the actual the naval vessels serve as giant power stations to, uh, to power Puerto Rico because it's without electricity right now. And it's looking like, the I think it was the mayor of San Juan said that it could be 20 to 30 years before yeah. Puerto oh, yeah. Rico is back to normal. They've been pushed back in time by two or three decades. That's absolutely true. And by the way, that idea of sending the Navy there to provide power and other assistance is not only a good idea, but if only there were someone named Hillary Clinton who had suggested that like within 48 hours of the storm hitting, right. which in fact she did, yeah. and uh, he still hasn't done it. Nobody's, you know, it, it's just unbelievable the, the lack of response to this. Uh, incredible crisis in Puerto Rico and yeah. uh, one that will ultimately become at least a minor crisis for the United States mainland. Well, once again, here we are, Buzz, uh, with another Trump thing that is not going to resonate like it has, like similar circumstances have with previous presidents or even previous presidential candidates. We have another Katrina emerging in Puerto Rico where the president isn't doing what he should be doing as far as relief for that island, uh, certainly trying to blackmail them by mentioning the fact that they, they owe money to Wall Street, for God's sake. And then we also have this email story, uh, which, of course, there won't be as big a deal made over the fact that six six White House officials are using yeah. private email for official business and all of the possible national security ramifications, especially with the linkage to Russia. I mean, how many Russian hackers do you think have hacked into Jared Kushner's goddamn email so far? <laughs> I mean, more all than a few. Uh, yeah, all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. All of them. All of them have been in there at one point or another. It's a rite of passage if you're a Russian hacker. Oh, yeah, go and look at Jared Kushner's email. He's got gigantresses in there. I don't know if he this does. Is, this is why. You know, last week 
guy was very confident because of of huge developments that haven't gone away. They haven't disappeared. Yeah. Uh, huge developments in the Russia investigation. Those are still all valid. Those mm -hmm. are all still uh, very eminently promising. Uh, so I'm 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 still excited and pleased about those things and trying to be patient for waiting for everything to happen there. But at the same time, this week uh, my confidence is down because of the discouragement that you and I and everybody feels when we see this happen. When we see uh, six people using private email addresses from the White House and nobody does anything about it, uh, Trump. Uh, nobody, you know, it doesn't it doesn't cost Trump anything uh, politically in terms of political uh, points. Uh, and 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 then we see Trump's Katrina. Uh, yep. which shall be Puerto Rico. And we know that's not going to hurt him either uh, because of that just under a third of Americans who are idiots, you yeah. know, who continue <laughs> to support this guy. Uh, and, uh, you know, what we do with those people, I mean, we have another election uh, for one thing, and this time we, we freaking show up and vote yeah. uh, and, 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 and try to play nice with each other uh, in the course of doing that. But I, I'm not I, I'm not as uh, not as jacked this week as I was in previous weeks. I hope it's better next time. Yeah, you know, I was really jacked at the end of last week uh, with yeah. a lot of the Russia news that was coming out. Seems right, like the uh, right. seemed like Robert Mueller was closing in on at least Paul Manafort, uh, if and not he, more. And he still is. Yeah. We can't lose sight of that. He still is. But this latest crap with the NFL and the. Puerto Rico and the, the, the attempt at healthcare again and and uh, North Korea. Oh my God! You know it's it's hard to be as cheerful this week. Yeah, I mean, God, and just watching the NFL story take place throughout the weekend, where everyone's misinterpreting what the message is behind taking uh -huh. a knee—that it's all right. about the anthem and it has nothing to do with the anthem. It has everything to do with football players protesting Donald Trump, telling them what they can and can't say and what they can and can't do. I mean, right. let's, I mean, look, I don't really, I don't follow sports a whole lot, uh, but I do know that football players have a very finite amount of time in which they can play professional sports. It lasts right. a very short period of time, all things considered. Uh, now they're facing uh, traumatic head, head injuries that could be, uh, could create lifelong disabilities and so forth, if not death. Uh, and, and now the president is telling, hey, you know what, if you want to express yourself, if you want to express your dissatisfaction with police violence and so forth. You're, you can't, you're not allowed to. You're going to be fired. You're fired. And he, right. of course, he wheels out that stupid goddamn catchphrase from his uh, reality show, which reminded me of, like, you know, yes. Gilligan, uh, Bob Denver showing up at car dealerships wearing his <laughs> Gilligan costume. His hat. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> which is, which is well, the, the same as Donald Trump doing his uh, stupid catchphrases. This is very much like the time Rosa Parks, uh, you know, uh, demonstrated against public transportation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Right, it was just nothing. Uh, we uh, Rosa Parks really hates the bus, doesn't she? <laughs> that was that's what it was all about. Right. That's how I that's how I took it as an American, Bob. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so this is one of those things that uh, has been tried before. In fact, uh, Rachel did a nice segment last night about how uh, this is Trump's version of a of a wedge issue. And oh yeah, and oh, yeah. and how you know what wedge issues like this? Sad to say, they work. They work. They actually stoke the uh, the activism and outrage of of uh, grievance laden white people who will now uh, maybe be more, more activated, thinking that you know, all these African American football players are coming for their freedom or liberty or whatever the hell it's supposed to be. So, well, it just shows people are are easily manipulated, including, of course, Lee Stranahan. <laughs>
On that note, we'll see you on the postmortem show. Patreon.com slash Bob and Jess. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. 